All right. Well, we promised we would be doing the show, and here it is. We World Cup draw is over, and we know where all the teams are going to be playing, except for obviously the ones that still have to be playing in playoffs. But playoffs? It's definitely going to be some uh, being played. But, you know, the it, the big one is obviously for us, the U.S. Men's National Team, where they're going to be at. We already know the three teams they will be playing against, obviously Mexico as well, Canada, and you hope Costa Rica. But that one's going to be a tough group uh, to be in. And, you know, we're going to go through all the groups. We're going to give our way too early predictions, way, way, way too early predictions. And, you know, obviously look at, you know, CONCACAF's chances and everything else. Could, would, could there be somebody making a run? So, you know, in general, let's not talk about whatever the heck that was before they started the draw. Those, some of those images, I'll tell you what. <laughs> like, um, like what, what did you think about, I guess, the draw in general uh, just after it was over, looking at all the groups, the way they're named. I, I mean, some of it I kind of wasn't too surprised because I was luckily enough or able to be up relatively on time and I tune over and I see this very kind of quirky musical performance, but I was able to live tweet and follow along and I'm like, uh, you can kind of see which one's going to be a bit of a group of life. I can't quite say a total like group of death. And when yeah. we get to Group B in particular for the U.S., I ended my one of my last for something to notice. But overall, it was a good draw, really all around. There's a lot of good matchups I'm looking for. Yeah, that's one thing I would say. It feels very balanced. You, mm-hmm. like you said, there's not really a group of death where it's like all four huge teams, and like you would you would tip your cap to all of them. Um, I think totally. You know when when you look at it, I mean, you can, you can make the case for some, but then you can also look at it and say, uh, what about, what about that team? They're not as strong as they used to be, you know, but there's a lot of just really good competitiveness in all this. And like, I really hope that that does bear fruit. We don't want up having, we're really hyped. And then you just have a bunch of blowouts with some of these teams mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, you're, you're thinking they're going to do well. And some, uh, you know, historic matchups we're looking at, all this stuff. Like, you love when those things bear fruit in the group stage. You get to see that already. Um, so, obviously, let's start with, you know, what is our main focus here most of the time? United States Men's National Team. They are, put it, they are pitted in pot B as they are having to deal with England which, you know, you only have to go back to not-so-recent history, what, uh, what 12 years ago? Yep, 12 Where... years ago, as some quoted the hand of Claude on <laughs> that goal. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the, the one where they drew 1-1 with England and wound up topping the group in South Africa, and then, you know, of course, 1950, the, the ghost of uh, Joe Gaijin's there, and some some you know just a history between Gareth Southgate and Greg Berhalter has uh, Greg Berhalter has had said that the first one of the first coaches he ever talked to outside of you know MLS and kind of his his rank was Gareth Southgate to kind of pick his brain because they're in similar situations you know taking young <laughs> turning over all these English team this that English team from the old veterans to bringing in the young players and then kind of doing the same with 
the young players we're seeing with the United States right now. Uh, they're playing with Iran, uh, the International Republic of Iran, who Islamic. of course, Islamic, sorry, Islamic Republic of Iran. And you uh, have to go back, of course, 1998, where they beat the U.S. 2-1, made them the bottom, bottom of uh, the entire World Cup for that 1998. And, you know, of course, those folks that played in that World Cup will remember that, that those players that are playing right now don't have those memories. But also there's the uh, political ramifications of that game being the third game you know, where is Iran? Where is U.S. going to be at that point? And then the unknown, right? The unknown mm-hmm. of you still have this European path A playoff that has to be played because of what's going on with Ukraine. Um, so Scotland and Ukraine still have to play each other. And then whoever wins plays Wales. So you could have an all-British matchup with Scotland and Wales. You could have Ukraine going through. And then you have, you know, most of the world having wanting Ukraine to beat Wales and get to the World Cup, and then, wow, look at look at these teams that they're going to, uh, you know, have to play, and the U.S. and England, two teams, you know, if we're talking about countries, they, they're wanting to become uh, part of NATO, not to get political with you, but, mm-hmm. you know, two, two countries that are obviously huge members of that, and, you know, allies politically, and then having to have those moments where, wow, we're, we're having to face Ukraine, potentially being the ones that, you know, those games against uh, the U.S. And, and England potentially are the ones that wind up eliminating Ukraine or are or, or the ones that Ukraine uses to, to get into the next round if they can get that far, if they can get into the World Cup itself. So, I mean, there's a lot of potential when you're talking about this group. And obviously the one that's on the minds of everyone instantly is England and the United States, Eric. I mean, uh, Christian Bliss said it himself. Uh, he said Mason Mount was the first one to call him <laughs> from his own team, and and they were already joking around about having to play each other. So, like, what do you think about the U.S.'s chances in this group when you look at the three teams, obviously, on paper right now? Yeah, looking on paper, and this was going back to that tweet that I mentioned, Group B for British, because, again, likelihood – that you're going to get two British teams along with the U.S. And that, break out the history lessons like yeah. they did in 2010. And imagine if it's Scotland, like the England-Scotland again. My goodness. Ooh. You know, even, even England-Wales, which doesn't have the big historic part, but they still have a, a rivalry as well, you know? Yeah, but I honestly think with our talent, again, this is going to be that question. We don't have the likes of a Harry Kane. How is that really going to affect us in go up against our mentality in preparation for that. We've already talked about Burhalter trying to arrange certain friendlies and the June window be like, okay, get as close to we can as these matchups, but it's going to test a lot of metal. That said, going to some sports books, England are far and away favored to win the group. I well, get it. England are second favorites now with France to win the whole thing. So that's, ex- yeah. Exactly, but... As I said before, thinking back to a tournament like South Africa, can I see the U.S. getting second in this group, making the knockout stage? Absolutely. It's going to be a tough test, especially going into that third and final match. But I think we've got enough there with us, especially when we're fully healthy, to at least get it done five points, maybe six. I don't know. Eh, I, I think that'll be enough for second place. 
Yeah, I mean, it, you kind of wish you would have either had the Iran game first, like mm-hmm. England gets to do, or mm-hmm. you would have wished that you had the England game first. Mm-hmm. Because now you're in a situation where you're going to be whoever it is that you play, whether it's Wales, Scotland, Ukraine, obviously three different teams there, three different uh, three different kinds of teams. So it's hard to like break down the U.S.'s chances on each one. Uh, the one time that the U.S. did play Wales, that was without Gareth Bale and was also without a few other teams. So it was a, definitely a B squad. Mm-hmm. We're, we're going to look at that. So, you know, if you go through, the U.S. really hasn't, you know, I mean, the other team that they played was Northern Ireland, which they beat. But, um, I mean, still, you really haven't faced anyone when we're talking about competition. So, Mm-mm. like you said, is Berhalter going to be able to have like-for-like comparisons to that? Maybe, but again, it's still not the same as playing a friendly in the U.S. or whether they do go to Europe and play some of those games. It's it's a whole different ballgame going to Qatar and being in that environment, being the World Cup, and then knowing that whatever team you're going to play, you have to get a result against one of those three teams, preferably three points if you can, to make it to where that England game, if you have to take the loss, yeah. it, doesn't auto, it doesn't put you out of the World Cup, basically. You know, I mean, obviously there's a chance that depending on what's going on with, with whatever team uh, it comes out of that qualifier and and England, there's a chance that maybe if it's one of the British teams, you get a, a rough draw or something like that, that it keeps you in it. But you don't want to have to be relying on what England does. No. You, know, you want to rely on yourself. And, and that's going to be rough when Scotland, Wales, or Ukraine are in the same boat of knowing. And if we don't get at least a draw here, we're, our chances are, are very difficult. Exactly. And I think especially the fact that this is already going to be a team out of that playoff in June. Two hard fought, very hard fought matches with Scotland and Ukraine. Wales would get off a little bit easier knowing that it's just the one. But it's like, okay, we had this battle to get here. We have even less preparation. So we know we got to be tip top and we're just we're going to lay it all out there. And when you have teams that are willing to lay it all out there like that, they're the ones who are quick to pick up shock results and leave it to the U.S. to be victims of those same shock results. So you have that storm kind of brewing there. No, definitely. I mean, when you when I look at it and you say optimism, you feel, mm-hmm. do I feel like the U.S. can? Yes. Should yeah. you feel like you should be able to compete with a Wales, Scotland, Ukraine level team? Yes, mm-hmm. you should be able to. Should you feel like you should be able to? Look, let's say it. Th- let's say this right now. This is a different Iran team yep. than we have seen in the past. This is an Iran that cruised through qualifying. They were the first Asian team to qualify out of Asia. They were. Uh, they have a goal scorer um, that has has led them through. Unlike the U.S., um, you know, if he can stay healthy, that puts Iran's chances in a difficult in a different form. But there's still a little bit of unknown as well. Like, you know, we don't, it's not like everybody's going around watching what all these teams do. It's very similar to kind of like where the U S was back in the 2010 days, you had some guys Mm -hmm. sprinkled around Europe, but they're not in these elite teams, you know, (laughs) they're kind of playing where they play and then they come to their national team and they do their job. And will that be able to convene in at the world cup? I mean, you are in that. I mean, you are. It, it is in your region, per se, right? So the chance of them having 
Uh, perhaps uh, a following of fans being able to be there as well could be in their favor when mm-hmm. it comes to those games. Uh, so that's something to to look at as well. Um, yeah, I, it's it, to me, it's a it's a real wild card. We don't really kind of know what we're gonna get, but I feel like with England, you really know this is this is a team that's been building, a yep. building since the last World Cup. They were semifinalists, finalists in the Euros. They should have probably won that game if they wouldn't have put their foot off the gas. And then, of course the decisions that could have perhaps changed everything when you, uh, you know, the, the things with the penalties um, that I, I don't think we need to go over again, but this isn't a, an England show, mm-hmm. but they, they know what's at stake now. They do. They are going to have pressure um, to make sure to deliver. But I, I, I do feel like this is a different England than say the 2010 England, which was full of those veterans uh, that are totally underestimating the United States. While you may see the press, do their thing right of of kind of making fun and all that yeah. stuff. This is a team that doesn't doesn't go by that. I think they're going to be they're they're not going to sit there and take the US lightly. No, this no. is a team that under Southgate, they've gotten where they are by taking every single match, every single opponent seriously. And even though say what you want about the FIFA rankings, they're looking at us too and it's like no, they struggled a bit, but they're here for a reason. They qualify for the reason they are where they are for a reason. We got to show them a thing or two, even to put the ghost of 2010 behind them. As you said, new team and keeping this mentality. Right, certainly. And I mean, look, uh, if you listen to our show at all, you you know what our feelings are on the United States Men's National Team. Uh, we are obviously, you know, from the United States. We're going to be rooting for that team when it comes to the World Cup. We're going to try to be uh, looking at things uh, from both perspectives. Um, but I don't think we need to belabor the point here. We talk about the United men's national team a lot. A mm-hmm. lot can happen in seven months. Mm-hmm. We don't know who's going to be there, who's not going to be there, who's going to be fit, who's not going to be fit. Like, it's very difficult to compare what teams are going to be at that time to be able to really say, oh, man, is the U.S. going to be at full strength? Because England has so much depth. I think Greg Rawalter made the joke or well the claim of look at England's right back. <laughs> yes. I mean they got they go five deep uh to Wambasaka being fifth who plays for you know our team Manchester United. So I mean it's crazy. It's crazy how deep England is and credit to Jigar Southgate again for rotating and bringing in players and really that thing of oh, they have to be informed. They have oh, yeah. to be at a high level and that has paid off for that England team. And also, you know, being friends and, and everything else, not having these egos clashing, which we've seen previously in other England squads. So, yeah, everybody pretty much, you know, they have their role. Some of you guys are teammates, and it's back in like the old, the beginning days of the Premier League, where you had a lot of English national team players. So you have a lot of that familiarity, as you said, an entirely different atmosphere, and that has really helped. It's like. Having a guy like Southgate who's been through the fires going back to his career versus in England, these guys, it's like, hey, he gets it, we get it, we can harmonize and work together and let's do this. And at this point, who knows? England is due. I'm not going to say it yet, but there's certain hashtags and stuff that's coming around that, well, if it so happens, I'll be breaking them out myself. Right. The, the, the. How early is it that we can they, they can start uh, the <laughs> "It's Coming Home" uh, song again? The, talking about that for a second of just 
the U.S. and they are a young team. This is going to mm-hmm. be pretty much the, this entire team, including Brett Berhalter, you know, as a coach. Obviously, yep. he went to one as a player. Yep. Uh, World Cup. Is it a disappointment? Is it a failure if the U.S. don't make it out of this group with who is in? I I'd say it'd be close. It depends. Like if you completely crash out, finish bottom. I would say it's a disappointment and a failure. But if it comes down to a good effort, maybe tiebreakers, goal difference, something like that, and you see three great games, but you're just on a knife edge, I really wouldn't say that that's that much of a disappointment because it's about not just getting the results, but getting this experience now, as we talked about last time at the end of qualifying of the Costa Rica match, Get this experience now ahead of 2026 as well. Go do something, be significant, win and make a run, but you at least know, hey, the more you can get in your pocket for four years from now, the better off you are. No, certainly. Um, that it, This is the goal, right? To get mm-hmm. as much experience, to get as much, uh, as much out of these games as you possibly can. And, and see some kind of progression, some positive progression into that 2026. But really, I kind of feel like you are going to be, you know, the players are always disappointed. But oh, like, of course. You are going to be disappointed missing that World Cup and then seeing all of this, like this, this huge change mm-hmm. for the U.S. men's national team. And to have these young players and everything else. And then they don't get out of the group, a group that you could feel optimistic about. Um, again, it's not something like where you feel like it's cake, like, which I really don't know if we have that. Maybe the next team we're going to talk about perhaps has the closest thing you could have to that. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as where you really should expect that they are going to be number one and two. But I think for these players, you would really hope to at least get them. You would want to see them go in around a 16 and considering who's in group a, if you can even win the group, Look at who you could potentially be facing. Yes, they're the home team, but you'd you'd have to think you would like that matchup. Oh if yeah, you're, if you're the U.S., you know, if you're playing Qatar. Yeah, absolutely. And the fact that the best thing for Concacaf teams, and arguably what could be a hiccup for Qatar, is that they've played here in our tournament. We know what they're like. Granted, it wasn't entirely their best of the best as it was simultaneous with some of their qualifying but still we know their style of play you know their key targets and the fact that yes they do have that home advantage it's like okay we don't have to scared of them and a lot in with a lot of those players and stuff they're not going to be scared it's like okay we can do this if it so happens let's go do it yeah certainly um i think that's the thing we know this is fearless if Mm -hmm. everybody can be healthy if everybody is available, having Weston McKinney back, having all those guys back, uh, would be an amazing thing for that team to have everybody around um, and and be able to go full strength at all of these teams and really show that progression, that change in the in the United States system, and be like, look, you think you know we're the same as you've seen before? Watch out, we really are going to be able to make you think differently by U.S. soccer, and that's the goal, right? You mm-hmm. want people behind this U.S. team as you progress to 2026 where you can really have that blowout, like, oh, my God, look at us. We have changed. We are better. You know, you can think of us as 
you know, they won't, we won't ever be a total soccer country, but it will be in a different, uh, different, seen in a different light than Mm -hmm. in the past. Yeah. And Um, we can go back to those days because it wasn't terribly long ago. When you look at those very same FIFA rankings, you look at the top 10 and you wonder, wait, what's the U.S. doing here? Seven, six, hovering around fifth. We could get back to those days realistically. And if we are in the world, not even necessarily not being scared of us, but don't look forward to playing us, hey, you have that kind of ideology and that kind of thought coming to our house Anything can happen. Exactly. That's that's the kind of feeling that you want mm-hmm. when you're uh, when you're looking at that and, t- and talking about it. So, moving on from the U.S., let's look at the next Concacaf team, uh, Mexico. Here, what luck did they have to draw Messi and Argentina as the the pot one team? Their nemesis that has knocked them mm-hmm. out of two World Cups. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, Messi has a terrific record against Mexico. Um, it's it's crazy to think that you're going to have them not only like, okay, usually it's like, oh, well, you want to kind of avoid Argentina as you go through and play them in, in the knockout rounds. No, and now we got them as a group team, and we got to see them full force no matter what we do. There's no avoiding them. Um, definitely, I mean, Argentina, 31 games unbeaten. I mean, uh, Messi has been playing perhaps his best soccer with Argentina we've seen in a long time. Uh, this team doesn't revolve around Messi anymore. No. They have gotten a lot of better players. Um, this Mexico team, we've said it many, many times. They're on the downtrend. Uh, there's even talk of the Argentinian manager, Gerardo Martino, Tata Martino, maybe not being the manager when when we get to the World Cup. We're talking about Miguel Herrera or somebody else coming in, uh, which is crazy to think. Some of that's due to health reasons, but that's still crazy to think that Absolutely. the guy that got you through qualifying is not the guy you're going to choose to to lead you through. Now, granted, again, they played – they did not play fancy football. They didn't play what you would expect to see from that U.S. men's national team – or, from, sorry, from the Mexican national team that we've seen so many times when they go and beat the U.S. men's national team, make it look like crap, you know? So <laughs> yeah, it's, it's crazy to, to see – the tables are turned, but they, they got gifted a little bit of a group, as it seems like they tend to do sometimes. Uh, they it's they get Saudi Arabia, perhaps the they did well in their group, but the the whole Saudi Arabian team is domestic. We're mm-hmm. not talking about you know players playing in other leagues. And then Poland, who oh, they got Robert Lewandowski. They got some other players that you would rate certainly. But every time they go to one of these tournaments, they just mm-hmm. crash out in the group stage. So if we're going to talk about one of these European teams, this is probably one of the ones you'd actually want to face if you're Mexico. Yeah, and, and honestly, I think that would be a breather. And even with Saudi Arabia, yes, they've got like a mostly domestic team. I am not counting them out. I mean, yes, are they the same level of like a powerhouse that they are? In West Asia, absolutely not. But at the same time, they're right in their own backyard in Qatar. So you have to think level of familiarity with some of the players on the club teams playing around in that part of the world in the uh, Asian Champions League. They're not going to be as intimidated as well. 
So if Mexico can at least get some sort of a result against Argentina, probably a rough and tumble draw. Let's out and out say that. Especially even with Lionel Messi, with this possibly being his last World Cup. If they can do that, it could come down Mexico, Saudi Arabia in that second something like that. I would give a maybe a slight advantage to Mexico. Maybe, but it's going to be another one of those. A lot of things still have to go right. Yeah, uh, sorry about that. <laughs> Can't control the dog all the time. <laughs> um, so... And sorry for the audio listeners that will probably eventually hear that because I can't uh, avoid uh, the dog getting my mind right in front of my face. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, th- this is going to be a very interesting one. I mean, what kind of how are we going to play this if you're Mexico? You know, are you are you going to are you going to try? Are you going to bring it all against Argentina? Are you going to try to go for the draw there and then just say, OK, we're going to go full force? against the other two teams that we know we have a much better chance in? Uh, are we just going to go all out and maybe shock everyone? I mean, like they, um, you know, so it, it, Mexico tends to play well against the big teams. Um, mm-hmm. They tend to play very well against the big teams. So that game against Argentina could definitely be one that I got it. I know all, both of us have a circuit on the calendar. Is one you want oh, to yeah. Um, and then obviously – what if is that going to propel them to better things? It's when they play the lesser teams, right? That we start seeing them kind of play down to their level. You know, do they play down to the Saudi Arabia's level and kind of keep them in it? Uh, do they, uh, do they give, do they get a scrap with Poland and, and leave it late or something like that? You know, what Mexico team are we going to get from now to seven months from mm-hmm. now? You know, like where, the U.S. has had its bright spots, you know, where we've seen them look good. Um, we've seen them look competent. Mexico really hasn't had a game where you go, that's it. You know, that's the spark. That's the game that I'm going to point to and go, yes, that's it, right? And, yeah. I mean, good on Jimenez for getting that penalty, and he, he does things for Wolves and everything. But, like, they don't really have someone, I mean, that that – that trio in front is not doing what they expected them to do. Um, you know, you have Edson Alvarez doing great things. You have Hector Herrera doing uh, some be- much better things with Atletico Madrid. Um, you know, the the talk of selection for Tata Martino has been a huge deal, but he keeps picking all the, like, older guard, you know. Um, they talk, they call them vacas sagradas in Spanish, you know, the, the sacred cows, the – the ones you can't move ever, even though you should move them, you know? Um, so is he go- – and I think that's part of it as well, right? That That's part of the thing that they're looking at in the Mexican Federation of, do we want to deal with this at the World Cup where you can already pretty much tell it doesn't matter what happens in seven months. If all these guys are healthy, this is who he's going to take. He's not going to th- – he's not going to care – about what their form is, about the fact that Ettore is going to go to the Houston Dynamo in MLS and not be playing for Atletico Madrid, he's going to be going to the Houston Dynamo. Like, are you going to be painting that picture and looking at who you should be taking, or are you going to still be relying on those guys? And do you want that kind of, oh, my God, are we going to get knocked on the group stage feeling that whole time they're playing? Um, that's not something you want if you're Mexico and you're still trying to find that quinto partido, that that fifth game mm-hmm. that has eluded you this entire time. 
But when you look at the teams that they might have to face to get to that fifth game, I mean, they can forget that's, that's rough. You know, that's, I mean, whereas the U.S. has, well, look, if both Senegal and the Netherlands are the ones that get out, watch out because both those mm-hmm. teams could be dangerous, especially Senegal. I think Senegal is going to, they could possibly go on a run if they were able to top the group and, you know, uh, whether they face the U.S. Uh, or or someone else, I mean, they really could go on a run, honestly, because they they have a great spine of a team. You know, Sadi Mane up front. You got Mendy, your goalkeeper. I mean, it's that's the team I'm watching out for. And Netherlands, of course, with all the big names, uh, if they can get it together with Louis Van Gaal as the manager, watch out there as well. This could be one of the few times it's possible, just like South Africa, where Qatar uh, winds up on the outs because you just yeah. got two powerhouse teams. And and I've been thinking the same thing. And the fact that the best thing that the Netherlands did, knowing all of their talent, knowing how short that they've been and not even qualifying the last go round, bringing him back and bringing back that LVG magic. Hey now. And I'm thinking, and again, it's another one of those with a cutter in Senegal. Another very fine line with the fact that what Senegal even did knocking out African Titans to get there. Yes. And and African Nations Cup winners as well. Now, let's not forget. Precisely. Um, I mean, and, and let's not uh, kind of Ecuador as well. They were a feisty young team. They're probably going to knock some points off people that's going to be make this tighter group than it really should be uh, because that's how they play. Even though, like I said, they kind of whimpered into that fourth spot. By the time you get to the World Cup, I think it's just going to fire them up some more. Um, so, and it, and it's cool to have uh, Ecuador is going to be in that first game against Qatar. Having an America team be in that first game, I think, I think is uh, you know, as a Latino, that's great to see. Oh yeah. Um, and then I, like I said, on the other side of the coin, Mexico has to face potentially France or Denmark in that uh, Group D that they're going to have to deal with to get to the Quinto Partido. Man, that's. That's rough. It always feels like there's someone standing in their way. And, oh, man, I don't know. This is a rough one. This is a really rough one for Mexico. Even if, say, Peru, who you would expect uh, to get through whoever comes out of the Asian side, even if uh, who they're meeting again, that that trio met in 2018, <laughs> um, even if it's Peru, that's, that's still, you know, a tough team for Mexico to play. But that's more comfortable for them. But, man, you really think it's going to be France and Denmark there, and that's rough for Mets. Yeah, and the fact that France, if they go through, they would be breaking the curse of defending champions, not getting out of the group stage the following tournament. If there's a team that didn't do that, it's Le Bleu. And with guys like Conte and French Paul Pogba, not Manchester United Paul Pogba at times. Right. We've seen that. If French Paul Pogba shows up, and Mbappe, Benzema, I mean, come on, just that the know, names, the player, the talent—it's it's ridiculous. Uh, that's why they are uh, behind Brazil, the favorites to mm-hmm. win it all again. Even though they're—I mean—they could repeat at least what Brazil did, right? Get to the get to win the World Cup and then get to the final in the next one. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's it's really hard to win it twice. Extremely hard to win it twice. You've seen so many teams play, like you said. You've seen so many holders go out to that next World Cup and just absolutely bomb. Uh, so I just don't think this this France team is not going to be one of those. 
This this mm-hmm. is not going to be a France team uh, that's going to go through that, uh, quite honestly. And then, you know, I think the other thing that we got to look at as well is, um, you know, that uh, uh, Tunisia is kind of a wild card. We don't know, but they're one of the probably one of the worst African teams um, that were available. I was surprised they went through, but we'll talk about that more uh, at the end. I'll I'll mention what we're going to do with all these teams here. So that's the one half side for CONCACAF, right? Well, the, the first side of the bracket, if you want to, you know, we're getting to the, <laughs> the end of March Madness. So the, the first side of the bracket, now we're going to the other side of the bracket, the group E uh, through H side of the bracket here. And this is where we can see Costa Rica. And if you want to call it the closest, well, there's two potential, I want to say potential group of deaths. There might be actually three, but I really don't think we have a group of deaths. I think we just have some powerhouse teams here. Mm-hmm. And then we have uh, somebody that, that loves everything about Japan, always wishes them well uh, in these tournaments. And they always kind of be sneaky. They're, they're sneaky a little bit like, they, they could get points off teams, but, man, when you're talking about Spain, World Cup winners, Germany, World Cup winners, you know, like Spain has come on and become a force. You know, Germany yep. is always Germany, even though they bombed out uh, in the last, um, you know, World Cup, in the last, what is the Euros, uh, they they are still Germany, and they have a point to prove right now uh, that they are not going to be taken lightly. And considering it's Costa Rica, you know, like we saw Costa Rica – do the impossible before, mm-hmm. but man, thinking they're gonna do it again with these the, that aging golden generation. That's real. That's a really rough ask. I don't, I don't see that happening. And then Japan could possibly uh, be a pest to make it interesting. I think Japan's gonna do a lot better than a lot of people think. But when you got Spain and Germany, man, that's hard not to say that it's gonna be those two. Yeah, I mean, for number one, you've got a very well still defensively based but still kind of moving away from that somewhat in spain and in germany all you have to say a demon shot i was i was hoping for a germany south korea repeat because of the meeting from 2018 we didn't get that but still germany has those kind of results sort of underestimating teams going into like crutch stages of the World Cup in mind, and they're not going to do the same thing like that against Japan. So it's like, okay, you're going to have your another class of European Titans there and make sure both of those teams get out. I agree with you. Japan, maybe memories of O2, getting something going, having a fight for that second spot, but I realistically think third and I feel bad for Costa Rica because where with all of this could they feasibly get any sort of result? Maybe a point? I don't know how much more. Yeah, that's that's a, a rough ask for Costa Rica. I don't think they are not fans of this draw at all. I mean, I think you certainly are fans of, like, the teams you're going to get the face. Like, what? I mean, talk about these two, like, legends of the sport. And just, uh, you know, the coaches, the players, all of that that you're going to get to face there. Um, but that that's a rough ask for Costa Rica, unfortunately. Um, whereas that, that Costa Rica 2014, right, you had 
the pieces, right, of these Costa Rican mm-hmm. players, like the important ones. And and especially, you know, Brian Reese coming onto the scene. He was younger then. Man, I know Killer Navas is there, and he's he's got a chance to keep you in the game. But I, I just don't. It's that's that's just I think it's too much. Yeah, because I mean he, he can keep you in it, but if you look at the makeup of this team, as you said, can you really expect them to scrape one nil, two one kind of result? Is, is, is Germany and Spain even gonna allow you the opportunity to have that to score, it, to have the ball at all? Right. I just I think it's a bit too much. But I think on the other side of that, when we're looking at uh, group F, which Canada is in, I think they have an actually a good shot here, Eric. I think, I mean, you're talking about when you're talking about the two European teams that are in here, you're talking about some two European teams that have some dynamite mm-hmm. players, dynamite talent. Obviously, Croatia, we saw what they did. Yep. At the last World Cup, at the last, that team is still the same team, a little bit older, but mm-hmm. that just means they have more of that veteran. Uh, experience they know they've been there you still have luka moderates playing at a high level um you know so that's gonna be a rough one but imagine, oh, yeah. imagine the masters oh my god belgium and canada wow like that's gonna be another one of those i can't wait to watch that game belgium and canada get if you get alfonso davies healthy and jonathan david going up against lukaku and de bruyne and all those other teams like yeah lukaku de bruyne Alderweireld, and I said this before. First of all, bad luck of all the teams that were the last teams of the draw. Did it really have to be Canada? I'm like, come on. But I said it before. Belgium is one of those. They have fantastic players. And this is, again, another somewhat aging. You wonder, is this their last run or another run of their golden generation? And you look to yourself. Even though they have the hype, even though they're number one, is it another one of those teams where the whole isn't necessarily greater than the some other parts? And I think Canada can take advantage of that. And I, I, st- really I do. still think, even though Canada has, you know, some major players that you're talking about, mm-hmm. I still think you're going to see a lot of people underestimate Canada. And you're you going to get Canada surprising. Mm-hmm. some of these teams and they're going to take points and they're going to be in that mix. I will be very surprised if they are not in the mix until the final day. And then you got the kind of the, another wild card in Morocco, right? Of they've got some significantly solid players. You got Hakimi. If Ziyech decides to unretire, that changes Morocco and makes them an even better team. And that's another team that could really be in the mix that people are mm-hmm. going to be underestimating and man, this makes this group so interesting because you yeah. really could see um, any of these. I mean, you you would think from paper, Belgium, Croatia, right? But yeah. I really think Canada is going with John Herbman as a coach, who is a terrific coach. He is has he's got that mind. He thinks about it. He really puts them in the best position to win. And I always uh, it there's I don't really see that they put a step wrong when it comes to qualifying. The way they qualified, top of the group, everything like Canada just, you know, I just feel like you should, people should, more people should be tipping them to get through because they're going to surprise these teams here. Yeah. I mean, Canada, even with like the tail end of their two losses, those were the only two losses of the octagonal. And if you look at how they qualified, 
this time around versus how they qualified in 86, what do they do in 86? They were top of the group. CONCACAF champions even got a trophy for it. Right. So, I mean, di- different United States at that point. And Mexico yeah. were also hosts. Yeah. So, you know. But, I mean, it's like, okay, we have this this feeling again to where we've got the true Titan. We can beat them. And I highlighted this on Twitter. We don't have a serious group of death. But I'm looking at this group, and it's like, this is really the best thing that you have towards a group of life. I can make an argument for any of these teams, especially Canada. It's like, okay, this happens, this happens. They can go ahead and make the knockout stage and see where we go from there. Yeah, and I and I definitely think the next group as well has that opportunity of, mm, yeah, you know who's going to be first, right? Yep. Brazil, mm-hmm. Brazil, and more Brazil again. But after Brazil, Serbia is a really tough team. You don't want to be playing. They are. They have some players that are battle tested. Um, I mean, just you. This is another team that you underestimate at your peril. Switzerland as well mm-hmm. have some terrific talent, and they always show up when. It, I mean, lately they have been darlings of these tournaments, and they do well. Um, you know, shocking. Uh, they shocked France in the Euros. Uh, yep. So, like, you can't. Uh, you can't underestimate them here. And then Cameroon, you kind of don't know. The Indomitable Lions, uh, what kind of Cameroon are you going to get? Um, let's see what happens. But you know they're in for a thriller. And mm-hmm. that's one that could stifle like a Serbia run or uh, Switzerland. Let's see. I mean, that one's a tough one for me. I definitely think you at least three of the four, um, you know, they're going to be battling it out if Brazil doesn't just. And, and honestly, Switzerland and Serbia are good enough to where they might take a point off Brazil. They could. Know? They really could. I mean, it depends on, you know, even though they've got the stars, even though they were crushing, breaking the record for points in South American qualifying. That's what Brazil did. It's just you look at their goal scores, you look at their defense, you look at everything else, but it's just like, okay, slightly different environment, little unfamiliar territory. Yeah. You could see Switzerland, as you said, maybe go ahead and taking a draw. You can see a Serbia going ahead, finding ways of taking a draw. And that puts them right in the mix. So this is another kind of a crapshoot. It's Brazil, you'd expect at least seven points, if not all nine. And then everybody else, it's like, okay, can we get another five, six, beat each other up and get that second spot? Yeah, for sure. And... Then, you know, you look at that, who Canada is going to have to face. I mean, wow, could it be a Canada-Brazil matchup in the round of 16? I mean, wow, think about that. Think about those teams, two teams going at it. And could Canada level the surprise, you know? Um, and then you look at Group H, who, uh, well, right, no, Canada would play the Group E uh, um, winners, right, if they wind up in, in the second seed. So, they actually would wind up playing the uh, the Spains or or Germany. Like, could you imagine even those? Like Canada, Spain. Mm-hmm. Oh my God! You know, like that is uh, an amazing look at that as well. You know, um, and then you look at Group H. You got Cristiano Ronaldo and Co. in Portugal, which um, you know we've talked about the immense amounts of talent on that squad, and then Uruguay as well getting put into that group. Ghana, which this is not, perhaps not one of the best Ghana sides that we've seen in the past, but it's still a formidable Ghana side. And then, you know, you uh, it's 
you got South Korea, which we we you just talked about what South Korea did in the mm-hmm. past, and they do have players that you have to think about, and 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 they've done they did well in their qualifying uh, bracket as well. So that's this is a tough group for Portugal and for Uruguay, and then I mean you'd say on paper, okay, Portugal Uruguay, yes, but don't count the other two teams out either. No, you really can't. And this is the weird thing. And then going back to the mystique that is African qualifying, Ghana laser pointers, everything at all. They still got the win over two legs against Nigeria. And everybody thought the Super Eagles were pretty much a shoe in. Mm-hmm. And then you look at Song Hong Min for South Korea playing at Tottenham. He's going to be, again, one of the more borderline veteran because he'll be 30 but even still you have this top level talent and again home region you're not going to have that level of intimidation how far are portugal knowing that this is most likely ronaldo swan song and how they're going to go ahead and help him out since he's not the main man uruguay la celeste you've got top talent cavani suarez you still got diego godin you have all of this but again these swan songs, these potential World Cup farewells, how are you going to be able to navigate and say, navigate that and say, all right, we need to gear up in the very least because this is our last hurrah. It's something preferably win, bust, do anything. And sometimes that can work for you, propel you, but at the same time, it can also work against you because you've got teams with a lot to lose versus teams with almost nothing to lose. Yeah, certainly. So let's look at, before we go and make our predictions and everything, let's look at the what we're going to be experiencing as far as the time zone, right? The, the times that we're going to see these games being played. So if you are one of these teams that is playing at the 10 a.m. slot of, or the, sorry, the 1 p.m. slot, uh, local time at Qatar. That game is at 6 a.m. Eastern. So get ready to get up early to watch Senegal play the Netherlands on Monday, November 21st. Uh, so if you're at the 6 p.m. local time, you're playing at 11 a.m. Eastern, much more palpable, right? You mm-hmm. can deal with that. Um, so let's say taking an hour later, that means 12, a. 12 p.m. Eastern, Qatar, Ecuador is going to be, that's going to be the time for that game, right? And then when you're looking at 4 p.m. local time, you're looking at 9 a.m. Eastern. That's going to be England-Iran. And then the United States versus whatever that British team is, is 10 p.m. local time. That's 3 p.m. Eastern. So the U.S. will have the late game uh, in that window there uh, against either Wales, Scotland, or Ukraine. So... That's what you're looking at now. You're looking at 6 a.m., 9 a.m., 11 a.m., and then 3 p.m. for the last game. So, dang. I mean, kind of sucks for your work day, right? I'm about to say, don't expect anybody to be getting any work done during that whole month. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I mean, unless you have the 6 a.m. game, which ends probably by the time you have to start to work. All the other games are going to happen while you're at work. And when yep. you're getting done with work is when the final game ends. So then you can go home and watch all the highlights and watch all the everything. But, yeah, look look forward to that. That's what you're going to be getting pretty much. So get ready for that. 
anywhere from 6 a.m. to 3 p.m. is when the kickoff times will be for those games uh, in the group stage. Uh, so that should be a fun one for everybody yeah. that's going to be trying to watch those live. I know, and that's just for us here on the East Coast. Imagine what it's going to be like for those out West. Yeah. Your first games are like 3, 3 a.m. Yeah, 3 a.m. <laughs> Wow, and that's that's like uh, Japan South Korea times right there, um, you know. And then you're lo- looking at the U.S. game at freaking noon. That's that's great. At least when you get, if you go on your lunch break, you can watch uh, part of that game over there on the West Coast. So that's what uh, those those uh, times are going to be around. Remember, Qatar is basically all eighty percent one big city in Doha. Mm-hmm. Um, all the stadiums are like basically 45 minutes from each other all in that like you can go to multiple games and uh you could potentially go to all the games really uh if you wanted to which is kind of a cool thing most of the time you don't have that because you have such these big countries that you have to go to other ends of the country to Mm -hmm. be able to you know so that's an interesting thing that we're gonna have to see basically you're almost like in a hub oh yeah world cup hub uh (laughs) almost like you know um so will be kind of crazy to see how everybody convalesces uh, with that. Like, there's not going to be any, like, if you want to go out to the desert to be away from everyone, I guess have fun with that, right? But are you really going to go do that at that point? And especially uh, with the improvements that they've made with, like, public transportation, different shuttles and all this and that, they call it for what you will and everything that's been highlighted as preparation. I mean, they, let's not forget the terrible things with the migrant workers. Yeah, and like, this is and, what and I'm the saying. Deaths for that have happened there. All of that, this has had an unfortunately great human cost, and that's going to come up in the tournament. And yeah. it's a lot of that tragedy. And you would think for all the good that they had set up, they could have done this in a better way in that big grand sense. But for something like this, it's like, wow, convenience at an extremely high price. Yeah, and then also get to point out on my birthday, Black Friday, England versus, <laughs> England versus the United States uh, in that late game window again. There is that, uh, November 25th. So, yeah. Um, but let's let's go ahead and do this, Eric. Round it out with our way too early predictions. Way, way, way too early uh, thoughts on on what we think, who we think is going to get through of each group, and then obviously who's going to make it uh, to the end and and be in that uh, World Cup there uh, for you. So however you want to do it, I guess just who you got getting through all the groups. All right. Well, going group by group. Group A, A team that I have had a fondness for and the reason why I joined Twitter way back in 2010. They can redeem themselves in my eyes, the Netherlands. All right. I am going to give a razor's edge and say Cutter, by the slimmest of margins, does not do what South Africa did and they qualify. Barely, but they do. Oh, okay. Like, that's, that's interesting. Um, so yeah, I mean, it'd be hard. It's hard to think that every time you think this is going to be the year that the, the home nation does not get through, they wind up doing it mm-hmm. somehow. Right. So it's really hard to not pick them. 
and we have seen Netherlands do it before where they they have all this all this talent, all this this greatness, and then they wind up not doing what you think they would. Again, let's not count out Ecuador here. They can be a Fosse team that can take away points and make things interesting. But for me, I like I said before, I think Senegal is going to be a team to watch for this World Cup. If you talk about a surprise package, I think Senegal has the – to me, they are the best of the African teams. And honestly, if they don't go through in one of the spots, I think – I'm going to be really shocked, honestly. And I think for me, I'm rating them that high that I've got them going in the first spot, winning the group, and then Netherlands going in second. I do think this is going to be a really tough ask for Qatar, even though, again, they looked good in the the Gold Cup. They have looked better than anybody thought they were with a lot of the, you know, different kinds of talent. It's not a very, uh, you know... Not domestic talent. It's <laughs> it's brought in from all around the world, obviously. Um, but still, it's hard to always say the host nation is not going to get through. But for me, I just man, these are two teams that uh, I I think they're just too good. I think they're too good to not go through. And I think Senegal is going to surprise people, like I said. So, what do you think about Group B? Uh, England, U.S. Pretty cut yeah. and dry there. Pretty straightforward. England tops the group like they do. U.S., I hope it doesn't come down to something last minute like what happened one ten. Right. But I think they do come through, I'm going to say somewhat comfortably, in second. Yeah, uh, that's what you hope for, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what you hope for. Um, yeah, I definitely think it's going to be England. Uh, they have, as I've, as I've already said, they have continued to grow every time they have one of these tournaments. It's very hard to think with how deep they are, how good they are. Even if some of these good players go down, some of these great players go down, they have players that can, that are equally just as good that could take their place. And, um, that's one of the things that you have to look at when we talk about being seven months away and Mm -hmm. being a large bulk of a season, almost half a season we played of the European season and then, you know, big parts of the MLS and other, uh, you know, country seasons that are going to be played. That's a lot of games, a lot of wear down, a lot of potential time for injuries. Uh, Also, there's only going to be one week from when they get released from their club teams in Europe to that first game in Qatar. Yep. Which obviously not great for the U.S. and England. Uh, who have that that first day of games? So uh, that's something to look at as well when you when you look at that. Um, it's, it's hard being a, a a show and two people that are U.S. based. It's really hard to just be like, oh yeah, the U.S. are going to get knocked down the group stage, folks. Like you have that you have a belief in this team, right? You oh, think yeah. that they should be able to beat Iran, get your three points there. Mm-hmm. Not that it's going to be easy. There's going to be Yo. a fight. All these games are going to be a fight. Even if it's Ukraine, who you don't want to be facing because the whole world is going to be with them, you know, you would think, especially depending on how long, how much longer this war goes uh, Mm -hmm. into that. Um, Even if it's Scotland or Wales, you know, that's going to be a fight as well, again, because Scotland and Wales know they have to get something out of that game before they get to the England game. Uh, And then, you know, I don't think Iran's not just going to be this whipping boy that's going to just be like, oh, yeah, let's everybody, everybody uh, come and take your three points and and go away. No, this it's very likely they could get a draw off someone. And that could really be what makes it a signing factor. Um, 
I just think with this young group of talent, they're going to come in here. They're going to surprise some people. And uh, now I don't think they're going to be taken lightly as they have been in the past. There's going to be people knowing where a lot of this group comes from, the teams they play for. But I think they're also going to be able to, with that cohesion they have as a team with the gray, uh, we have seen them improve. I think they will come to this World Cup and they will definitely at least get out of this group. So um, England and U.S. Uh, as well in Group B. I think Group C, again, is uh, pretty cut and dry in Cena, Mexico. I've got another bit of a shocker. Okay. I, I, I think you're half right. Argentina goes. I'm actually going with another one of those local teams. I think Saudi Arabia. Again. Really? Really? Not, okay. not really? the power, Asian powerhouse they once were. Okay. But quasi sort of a home pitch. All of the turmoil with Mexico, especially if they do go ahead and have that necessary change at manager, I think they're going to be too far thrown off, and it's going to be too much to overcome. You don't think they would actually play better without if they remove Tata and put someone else in there? You think they're going to play worse? Maybe, because at some point, you could say, oh, a new voice in the room, that's fantastic. But then at the same time. I mean, but they also haven't really been like rah-rah tata either, you know? Every no. time you play a game, you get fuera tata, fuera tata chance. I mean, like. Exactly. You know? But at the same time, for as much as the fans want him out, and I understand that, the worst thing for a t- is this all total, even if it's not an up ending. You don't want to make a change like that at the worst possible time. And especially for the kind of preparation that's going to be needed, I think that's going to be more harmful than helpful. And I really think that's going to put El Tree in a big bind. All right. All right. There's your, there's a big surprise that's there from Eric, you know. <laughs> um, so there you go. You got your first one. So Group D. I think it's, I mean, as much as I, as you know, I talked about, and as you as well, we both have people that are um, Peruvian or ha- are really big Peru, Peru fans. Yeah, we saw First you in all, the chat there, Brian. Yes, yeah. I was talking about you. <laughs> yeah, we, we hope that they do want to make it to the World Cup, but it's just, man, this is a tough group. This is a tough I mean, and again, they have familiarity with both of these teams, mm-hmm. so it'll be going against them again, but. Man, France, the holders with all that talent, and then Denmark. Yeah. Denmark, they were great without Christian Eriksen. Christian Eriksen can be there and actually play. Yes, oh my gosh. He's you know back. I mean? He's already scoring. It's like, come on. You talk about another one of those fantastic stories. France so you and think, Denmark. You think yeah. Denmark could pull the upset, or is it France and then Denmark? I think it's France and then Denmark. Le okay. Bleu, way too loaded. And Didier Deschamps is like, look. I was fighting for my job, and I just won the nation. I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to make a gun for that. And he's going to start off by doing that as group winners. Uh, Spain and Germany, Group E, pretty cut and dry there. Yeah, as much as I like Japan, Japan's going to make it interesting. Mm, Give me Germany as group winners over Spain. Definitely can see that, obviously, but I'm going to go with Spain. I'm going to go with Spain, Germany uh, on that. I think Spain has been looking much better every time we see them. I think, you know, with uh, the way we've seen Fernand Torres kind of come on the scene now, he's been goal scoring. And then the rest of that team has been uh, just improving. I think you're going to end then with those Barcelona youngsters getting another, you know, six months or so to get even better, the Pedris and the Gavis. I mean, this is a team uh, you don't want to mess with, I think, when you come to the World Cup. So, mm-hmm. uh, 
yeah, they could go either way, honestly, because again, Germany has a lot to prove once again. But right, yeah, certainly. Group F is interesting. Who you got? <laughs> I said that there are teams playing with house money. I said that there are teams, and we've talked about this, that too many people are going to underestimate. Care to sing it with me? Oh, Canada, our home and native land. Give me the Reds as group winners oh, over wow. Belgium. I'm calling it my brothers to the north. Let's go. Shock the world. Y'all can do it. <laughs> Man, that would be an amazing shocker right there. Canada topping the group against Belgium. I, I also have Canada going through, but I have them going in second. Behind Belgium, I really think Croatia is going to give a mm-hmm. heck of a fight Oh, absolutely! Um, for being involved in that. Uh, first or second the entire time. Uh, but I just think that that age is finally going to catch up to them a little bit here. And with Belgium having all that pressure, they could certainly not even not even get out of the group, mm-hmm. which as much pressure as they have of like, oh, this could be it. This could be it, you know. Um, so that can either push them to go above and beyond finally, or it pushes them down and they just don't make it at all. A- absolutely. And, and, and it's one of those times, and if they think, first result doesn't go their way and then it's a second and then it's going to be those creeping thoughts underwhelming underwhelming times running out and that just becomes a feedback loop mentally yeah certainly uh that's that's going to be an interesting group to watch for sure and man hope to be singing that oh canada <laughs> as well uh group g brazil brazil and brazil right and then Obviously. Who, do you got, who do you got after that I got I got Serbia. I think Serbia is going to wind up being. I, I'm going to agree with you. As much as I would kind of like Switzerland in that spot, I right. think Serbia is just that little bit stronger that they can go ahead and take second. Yeah, and at Group H, I'm going to go with the two you would think, but I'm going to flip them. I think Uruguay is going to win the group. I think Portugal always gets into these binds where they play down to the competition, and it's going to catch them in one of these. Either they get a draw with South Korea or mm-hmm. they end up losing to South Korea even. Um, yeah. I just think Uruguay has got enough talent just like Portugal does. Um, they could cancel each other out, make that game a draw. And then the way it's just, it's difficult because Portugal have had times where they look like the Portugal you think they should look like. And then they have yep. times where Fernando Santos makes them play this ultra defensive game. And it's just like, man, what, what is this? They have all this talent that they're, that is being right. way too defensive. So right, you know. this is another one that's. I think it's going to be a mild shocker because I think back to Uruguay and Ghana in that epic, epic, yeah, knockout match. The 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 hand of the the hand of Luis Suarez right there. A- exactly. <laughs> yeah, I honestly think Ghana extracts a big bit of revenge, but that only does enough to keep Uruguay out. Give me Portugal and South Korea. All right. Portugal and South Korea. Another surprise there from uh, – I'm full of them. I'm telling you. I, the way I see things, I'm either going to look like some sort of genius or some sort of laughingstock. I'm good either way. All right. So 
Who do you have in your semifinal? And then who do you have in your final? Who do you have winning? Ooh, semifinals are tough, 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 tough. Because I know for sure the bracket is setting up friendly enough. And I'm double checking everything to where we do get a rematch of that 98 final, France and Brazil. The question yeah, is. Yeah, it is set up that way. The, the question is. Who would France beat in the semis? I would say what the best matchup going into the semis would be as both group winners. Wait, would that happen? France, Argentina? Yeah, France and Argentina, if they're both group winners, Mm -hmm. you know, it'd be the the opposite. So Argentina would have to play Denmark. France has to play, um, you know, whoever your second team is. And if they win... Uh, they go on and and play who's left right in the the quarterfinal, right? Or f- it's like potentially France England in the quarterfinal. I think is right. Uh, so there's there there there. Oh, hold on. You may have to come back to me because I'm going to get my matchups right. Well, well, okay. Who do you think is going to be in your final then? Who's who's who is your final? That makes sense. Yeah, def- definitely, whole- definitely France and Brazil. And again, Brazil, the it returns to the Kings essentially. I think Neymar finally gets his major trophy that he's been so close to all this time. It's not on home soil, which is going to be a huge relief for him. I think they finally do it. Man, I'm I'm really looking at. I don't think it's. I think it's going to be hard not to think Brazil makes it on that side. But also, I mean, could we have the big South American final uh, as well? Argentina, Brazil. I mean, that's set up mm-hmm. to happen that way as well. You know, we could definitely have that happen. Um, uh, I I think it's. I think it's going to be. You know, I'm oh. I'm going to say uh, England. England, Brazil. Oh. Oh, I'm double checking because I was looking back at the bracket here. So Argentina Group C. Right. So they stay on the other end of the bracket. Brazil stays on the other end of the bracket because they're Group G. Well, not actually, no. The way that the bracket is set up, it would be Brazil, Argentina in the semifinal. Oh, okay. Okay. So this is why I didn't want to have to do a semifinal. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I still think. Man, this is it's hurt. It sucks when you don't have that bracket. Because uh, I was looking that up, and you. I was like, "Oh wow!" So it could. And now imagine these semifinals: Brazil, Argentina, France, England. Yeah, I mean that's fun, right? Wow, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I think it's going to be England and Brazil, and I do think Brazil uh, winds up winning. Okay, uh, as well. So uh, watch to see both wrong, and then you know it doesn't matter, but. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's going to be Brazil winning the World Cup. Uh, what a shocker, right? I mean, who who doesn't sit there and pick the favorite? Um, but honestly, again, the Brazil is such a, another team, just like England, where they have so much depth that even yep. if they lose some of the players, they will be okay when it comes to that World Cup. And speaking of the World Cup, we are going to go. We are going to go back to our regular format of having the topics and everything, and and having shows that aren't international game related, but we are going to, after this month, start taking closer looks at each one of the teams as we get into this slow build up to the World Cup in November. We'll we'll talk about their their histories in the World Cup, 
um, you know, talk about some of the players, look at how they play, examine, you know, how we've seen how they played in qualifying, uh, all of that. And, you know, we'll go team by team until we get closer. Obviously, once we get the actual teams and who is going to be representing those teams, we will, uh, you know, examine that and everything. We'll obviously stuff a preview and oh, yeah. all of that once we know who's actually going to be there as far as the players are concerned. Uh, we'll have another predictions closer as well, but this is our – we'll get to compare and contrast now. Does anybody make any big changes based on who actually shows up in those final 20 – which now they're thinking about having 27 players get to go instead of 23 uh, yeah, because I heard, last... of, yeah, I heard originally twenty six. I think, especially with the managers like Southgate looking at the Premier League, saying, "Hey, we need a bit more time to get together before our first game, and before we have to get there, twenty seven would be a good number." Right, and then you had the five subs as yep. well, which uh, many of the leagues have adopted. So um, we will again see what things are like as we get closer. We will be talking about each one of the teams as well. Um, we will be back uh, pretty soon here for uh, the first of our regular editions. But hopefully uh, you've been here with us <laughs> through the journey with the U.S. Men's National Team and CONCACAF. Now we talk about the draw and we'll be talking about more things when it comes to the World Cup. Uh, hit like, subscribe, everything else here on the channel. You get it anytime that we do a show. Of course, this is just part of the W2 Network. You get anytime that somebody does a show, whether it's my video game show that's aside from this, Eric. With all his shows, point of viewer, you get the life, life is like a game show, um, you know, that the league to the max or whatever, when that comes back, uh, a new show, then the Nielsen ratings are just uh, started. So, um, and then of course, all of Bradlett's stuff, he just did the uh, NXT show. And of course, WrestleMania uh, being uh, today and tomorrow. So mm-hmm. uh, the, the big the big one that everybody mm-hmm. is uh, waiting on uh, for wrestling is upon us right now, if you care about that. So until next time, we'll see you later, everybody. Peace! <laughs>